welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 Before learning about Aviva IQ, I used to spend so much time managing my guest communications manually. Now, with Aviva IQ's easy-to-use automated service, my workload has reduced by 80%. Did I mention it's free? Automate your Airbnb messages now at www.avivaiq.com. Welcome, everybody. Another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today, I'm here with Glenn Carter at Hostfully. Glenn, how's it going? Going great, Jasper. I guess uh, I should say happy Victory Day to you. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I took a train last night from Moscow to St. Petersburg, and today is May 9th. Today, the day we're recording this episode, and in 1945, on May 9th, was when uh, the the Russian army kind of defeated the the German army, kind of in collaboration with the uh, you know with the with the Allies, of course. But I think May 9th is the official day that the Russians celebrate their victory over over Germany, and it's it's a very big deal here. It's a very big deal. So there's there's a huge parade going on in the city in. I think every major city in Russia, uh, where they're driving all the the different army equipment, they're driving it through town. Yeah, I just had a a walk through Saint Petersburg, and there's just thousands and thousands of people on the street carrying uh, Russian flags, and a lot of people are holding up pictures of their family members, like their grandfathers, usually who actually fought against the Germans in the Second World War. It's it's very impressive. There's a ton of uh, army personnel uh, marching through the streets as well, and um, yeah, you can really tell that it's a it's a big thing here. Uh, people really take a lot of pride in uh, you know in the, in the victory, and it's still even though it's how long, how long ago it's like seventy years, seventy seventy five years ago, it's still pretty a pretty big event here. So it's really cool to uh, sort of observe that as a, as an outsider. Yeah, sounds like an amazing experience. I've never been to St. Petersburg, but uh, we'll we'll try and keep this short so you're not uh, so you can get back to the celebrations. <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's quite interesting. I've always been interested in the Second World War, and you know I've never seen all this type of army equipment. Uh, some of the stuff that I've seen, I have no idea what it is. They've also been flying around with helicopters and and mix and all sorts of planes. So it's yeah, it's pretty cool. But what about you? Your house life in Canada. Uh, it's good. It's uh, I was mentioning before we have a bit of flooding here in Canada. It's uh, pretty bad for uh, some areas, but uh, between uh, Ottawa and Montreal, there's a lot of people losing their homes, unfortunately. But uh, you know, there's they're saying there's there's people working, you know, twenty four seven to to try and uh, stop the uh, the flooding from the river. And they're saying that today is going to be the highest point of the water. So at least there's a bit of reprieve for folks uh, who've been suffering. Mm. Okay, well, I hope everybody will uh, be okay in the, in the end. There's there's an interesting article in Forbes, and you know, 
I wasn't able to open this article. I don't know if it's if it's blocked here in in Russia or what what the problem is. But uh, so I, I haven't been able to read it. So uh, I'll leave it up to you to uh, to let the listeners know what it, what it's about. Yeah, sure, no problem. So this is a, a Forbes article by uh, by uh, staff writer Brian Solomon, and he, he crafted an opinion piece about you know acknowledging the ongoing animosity between you know the home sharing and hotel industry highlighted by recent news uh, you know we spoke about it last time about you know the hotel lobby's attempts to discredit um, home sharing it and you know it's it's interesting watching this whole thing happen um, you know uh, we've talked about it before it hasn't got quite as bad as sort of the uber and taxi battle but it, it, it is heating up but you know in a refreshing take on on the home sharing matter uh, Brian talks about where the hotel industry um, relies on consistency of service uh, rather than uniqueness of experience, uh, which, you know, is Airbnb's forte and, you know, that hotels need to take a, a page from Airbnb's playbook in, in this sense and, and uh, attempt to diversify. And, you know, similarly, he talks about how Airbnb needs to focus more on um, what he calls the professionalizing of uh, guest experience, which the hotel industry is very good at. Um, so, you know, he reaches an interesting point that, you know, both industries may need each other and that, you know, a lot can be gained from from a partnership of sorts. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it's definitely true. Um, I think that, you know, when I started Airbnb, I didn't realize that I was getting really into the hospitality business. And, you know, if you think about people who manage hotels, they often have you know, quite extensive education. You know, I know there's hotel schools where, you know, you can get degrees of like three or four years. And so there's a lot to learn about, you know, how to, how to do hospitality. And I think a lot of people might not realize that when, you know, they start listing a place or a room on Airbnb, that there's, there's actually a lot to learn. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it takes a while to, to really understand, like, you know, how do you provide an experience, the best experience for your, for your guests? So I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, the other way around for sure as well, right? I think that, uh, you know, the hotels can definitely learn a lot from Airbnb as well. So I think that makes sense. Yeah. And as, as an Airbnb host, you sort of, it's very difficult to, I mean, there's a lot you can do before you host your first guest, but it's really, you know, doing it and, you know, getting your hands dirty and trial by fire, I guess, where you really learn your value, valuable lessons. Um, I totally agree with that, uh, Jasper. But on the, on the hotel side, we're starting to see a lot of uh, platforms come out that are sort of hybrid models between the hotel and home sharing where, you know, services will partner with hotels to off, offer hotel services to to sort of like Airbnb type uh, homes where they'll send cleaners, they'll have concierge service, all that kind of stuff. So um, it's interesting that uh, Solomon talks about this um, and we're already starting to see some movement towards that with these sort of hybrid platforms that are trying to, to bridge these two industries. Another interesting article is about a, a person who put a tree house on Airbnb and I believe this is in Canada, right? Yeah, it was in Toronto. It's in Toronto. That's where you are, isn't it? Uh, no, it's about uh, six hours away, but oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> well, in Canada, six hours, is that's pretty close, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think it's uh, the interesting thing about this is that, you know, with all the regulations that have been popping up everywhere in the big cities where you're not allowed to you know, rent out your entire place often for less than 30 days, you're allowed to rent out a room. But you're still allowed to rent out 
uh, sort of a, a excluded unit, as long as you live on the property and as long as it's less than 40% of, of the entire space. Uh, it differs a bit from city to city. But now that there are all these regulations, you can imagine that people are starting to get creative and starting to think outside of the box in, you know, in, and to find ways that people can take advantage of these home sharing platforms without breaching the rules. And, you know, putting a tree house in your garden could be a way to do this. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's a bit of a fun article. And uh, just by way of background that, uh, you know, this this couple put up their kid's tree house that they converted to this little sort of very small studio uh, apartment and they put it up on Airbnb and they've actually they've had 32 reviews um, of people using it, very positive reviews. Uh, someone even proposed there when you read the reviews and uh it's got its own outhouse um so but uh, it uh, the city city caught on to it it's no longer listed the the hosts are saying they're trying to work with city officials to make sure that you know it does meet municipal guidelines but yeah this gets into the whole larger debate of you know home sharing regulations and what technically is uh, a home sharing unit what you know what can you rent out is it a commercial residence is it just a, a home sharing residence so yeah it's a pretty fun article um, about someone converting their their kids old treehouse um, and the the thing I like the most about it is that it, it doesn't try to hide the fact that it's a treehouse it warns against large body types and being able to to, to climb upstairs and they you know the hosts have fun with it saying that it's lo- located on the second floor of a tree so I, I found it pretty funny and this raises the question, like, what other type of accommodations can you come up with? Uh, I see that the, the article mentions there's 11 boat rentals in uh, Toronto Harbor, um, ranging from 125 to about $1,000 a night. Uh, I know in Amsterdam and in a lot of other places in Holland, a lot of people rent out boats. And, uh, you know, I, I interviewed a, a comedian a while ago who stayed in a van somewhere in a, in a ski resort. Uh, so you know you can you can you can think of all sorts of uh, different types of accommodation like in your garden. You could even put up a, a tent or build like a, a little little wooden house or something. Yeah, exactly. There's no shortage of creative uh, uh, creative solutions uh, for people looking to to make some supplemental income. But yeah, I've seen uh, Westphalia vans being rented out, and there's actually I don't remember the site's name, but there's sites out there for specifically for camping. You know, you can rent out part of your property for campers. Um, and uh, all this kind of stuff is great. You know, it uh, just expands, you know, uh, people's ability to to find uh, reliable accommodations or places to stay. And I think, you know, yes, there are maybe some uh, regulatory issues, some, you know, building code issues with a treehouse. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not an engineer, but uh, yeah, we can get past those. Those seems like distractions that, you know, people are willing to rent these places out and uh, you know, it's, it's time to get with the times. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see in the future what people will come up with and also to see if, you know, if these are actually ways to get around the regulation or if just new regulation will, will start popping up. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for the latter that, uh, you know, regulatory decision makers start to get on board and we're seeing that, you know, across, you know, North America and Europe that, uh, you know, municipalities are starting to, to, you know, partner with Airbnb to discuss, you know, the best way forward. And, uh, uh, you know, San Francisco, you spoke about it in your last uh, podcast with David about uh, about the regulations there. And it's a positive move forward in your, your home city of Amsterdam as well. So I think that I think that 
over the long term, it's going to be more of uh, regulations getting on board with uh, new forms of economic exchange. Right. Yeah. In Amsterdam, uh, we now have a reporting, uh, so it's mandatory reporting starting October 1st, where every, every Airbnb host has to report to the city uh, what they're renting out. And I think they, they even have to report like how many people they're hosting and how, how many days, et cetera. So it's definitely getting a lot stricter there. But there's, you know, talking about regulations, there's also some some positive news from New York City. There's an article originally in the uh, Wall Street Journal about a new leg- legislation that would actually boost the Airbnb rentals in New York potentially. Yeah, I I saw this. Um, I think was it was it the thirty day limit that they they're talking about there? Yeah, so the the bill could potentially create more Airbnb rentals because the bill seeks to legalize rentals under thirty days when the host is away. So now. You know, now I think it's uh, you're only allowed to do short term if you're hosted, right? If you if it's less than forty percent of the of the unit, I believe. And you know, if if you have a house that's like a that doesn't have any shared spaces, then if you just have a separate house, then then it's a bit more flexible still. But now, you know, this bill seeks to legalize rentals under 30 days when the host is away, as long as the host registers with the state and only rents one apartment at a time, and. You know, there's still a lot of people who are opposed to this, and they say that it threatens the future of affordable housing in the city. But that really doesn't make much sense to me because, you know, who could be opposed to somebody renting out their house if they're if they're on holiday for like a week or two? I mean, that's using space in a more efficient way, right? That's not re- that's not really taking houses off the of the residential market, for example. I mean, I, c- I can understand that some people are saying, yeah, you don't want landlords to take apartments off of the market to rent them you know to rent them out on airbnb full-time but somebody who's just away for a couple of weeks on holiday it's it's kind of uh difficult to see how anybody would be against that but then or obviously there's the anti-airbnb group called share better that's i mean they're basically against anything uh that's airbnb related <laughs> yeah well i mean yeah they're it's it's obvious <laughs> where their loyalties lie. But, you know, Jasper, I couldn't agree more with, with the whole primary residence. And I think, and I think Airbnb sees this as well, that, you know, these bills are sort of compromises and, you know, basically authorities in New York and Seattle and San Francisco are doing what they're trying to do everywhere. It's to draw this distinction between individual Airbnb hosts and commercial operators and landlords. And I think that's a perfectly fair distinction. And I think that's something that you know the 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 home sharing naysayers tend to forget they lump everyone into the same category and they forget that you know the vast majority of people on the Airbnb platform are it's their primary residence and they're doing it for some supplemental income these aren't people who are making you know millions of dollars they you know uh, these cities and I agree with them they don't want real estate investors choosing short term over long term renters which in theory would exacerbate housing shortages and I I don't think anyone would disagree with that so the balance with home sharing legislation every, everywhere is, you know, between people's ability to earn supplemental income from, a, from an asset that they already own, you know, people's safety, and then, you know, housing shortage concerns. And I think that this bill in New York and elsewhere, I think this is trying to draw this line between, between those two, two ends of the debate. Hosts, if you're anything like me, you have multiple standard messages you send to every guest. I used to copy paste those messages every time I had a new guest. 
but then I learned about Aviva IQ, and I'm an absolute fan. I copied my repeatable messages into Aviva IQ and told it when I want each message to be delivered. Now, all my guests get personalized check-in messages and personalized check-out messages at the exact time I want them to, automatically. I also use Aviva IQ to send a message to guests when a vacancy exists after their scheduled checkout day and invite them to stay longer. It's amazing how it's turned into free money for me on multiple occasions already. So sign up for free at www.avivaiq.com. You'll be glad you did. Well, let's leave the regulations uh, for what it is for now and focus on something that's a little bit more inspiring. Um, I found an article on the Observer, and it's it's not it actually didn't come out this week. Uh, it came out about a month ago or two months ago, but uh, I don't think we've talked about it, so I wanted to mention it now. It talks about a study that was done by researchers from Cornell and Stanford. And their goal was to discover how Airbnb profiles influence uh, the decision of the guest to stay with a host or not. And so they've analyzed 1,200 profiles and they basically, they, they concluded that uh, trustworthiness is, is a very significant predictor of host choice. And there are, there's a number of things that you can do to, to communicate or to create trust with the guests, with your potential guests. Uh, by making some changes to your profile. And so the summary of the of the results of the study are basically it's three things. First of all, the, the researchers concluded that the length of your profile is correlated to the trustworthiness. And so if you have a longer profile, then you know you're more likely to to get booked. And also they looked at the language. So, for example, they they were saying that providing a greeting and reasons for hosting individually proved to be an important strategy with a strong and positive effect on perceptions of trustworthiness. So, just a simple "we look forward to hosting you" on your profile could, according to these researchers, could actually make a difference. And then the third conclusion was about personal details. So they say that the more background you give, the better. Um, a quote. As topic count increases, the trustworthiness scores also increase, the paper reads. And so, you know, in listing important uh, personal details about your origin, your residence, your school, work, interests. Apparently, these, uh, these things also really help to create some, uh, some trust with your potential guests and therefore increase the chance that you're, you get booked. So I thought it was kind of interesting because, you know, I've, I've always thought about the profile as, you know, not really a very important a very important part of your listing because I think you know a lot of guests probably you know they look at the pictures and the reviews, but uh, you know I'm I'm sure it plays a part in the decision making process. But it was interesting to see that you know there's some science that actually backs uh, the idea that the profile is actually important and does help you to get more bookings. Yeah, I'm I I hadn't seen this, but uh, just listening to you speak now, I'm glad I'm glad there's some science behind what people who operate in this. Uh, in this industry, some sort of suspected, um, you know, the in in terms of length, uh, I I agree, longer is better. You know, the the more you share, um, the more people uh, feel like they know you. And I think the key here too is in I, I don't think it was mentioned, uh, you know, 
it's got to be well written as well. Like if you have a, just because you have a longer description doesn't necessarily mean it's better. It's just it's got to be got to be well written. And, you know, the, the language, you know, being conversational and make, making people like you, like you mentioned with those the types of comments, you know, it's the no like and trust factor that if, if they feel like they know and they like you, then they can trust you. Right. So the, the personal details, the more you share. Um, the more you'll get in return. So I think, yeah, absolutely. This is, uh, this is great. And I wonder if, I wonder if Airbnb is, is taking note of these kind of studies. Uh, last thing I wanted to touch on, it's originally, I think it's also an article in the Wall Street Journal. That's where I saw it anyway. Airbnb has teamed up with Harst. I don't know if I, am I pronouncing it right? Uh, the magazine? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So they're launching a magazine that's going to come out two times a year, I believe. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's interesting. It's, uh, yeah, it's a joint venture between Hearst Magazines and Airbnb, and they're set to launch, I think, the end of this month. Um, they're going to be circulating 350,000 copies. It's going to cost four bucks. And uh, the second issue, I think, is slated for sometime in September. So um, I think this is an experiment. And if advertisers like what they like what they see and the circulation's good that uh, they might come out with a, a more robust schedule for for the following year but you know the interesting thing about this magazine is that the editors have access to all of Airbnb's data so you know they gain valuable insight on the hotspots and what people want to read about they don't have to they don't have to guess or go out there and conduct surveys or anything like that they have mm-hmm. that treasure trove of of data right in front of them. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see, see what happens, you know, given that overall print advertising and newsstand circulations on the decline, um, it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, I absolutely, I definitely want to, I'm definitely going to buy it. It's a, uh, it's being launched on May 23rd and then there's going to be another, another issue somewhere in the fall. So this would be interesting. It also mentioned that there's going to be 45 pages of advertising in, in the magazine, which is, you know, sounds like a quite a lot to me. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what they come up with. Well, they got to fund the project somehow, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, if you're paying four bucks for it. Yeah, true. Is there anything else that uh, you've seen that is, uh, is worth discussing? No, Jasper, I think we've uh, pretty much covered it all for the week. What do you think? Well, there's one more article that I saw that talks about uh, another acquisition that Airbnb did. I'm not very technical, and it's I think it's a very technical thing. It uh, it acquired its React Native partner. I I really don't know what that means, but the the company is called Deco, Deco Software, and uh, it's an acquire hire. So they're they're basically just uh they're just hiring the the employees, and I think the company Deco Software is actually going to uh, to cease operations, and their product is going to go open source. It, I'm not sure exactly uh, what it does, but uh, it's uh, it's something to do with like the design and the the native mobile apps for for iOS and Android to make it e- more easy. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know exactly what it does, but uh, I hope it does something good. Well, we've got the probably two very non-techy people here trying to talk about tech stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. um, but yeah, no, I think I I don't know exactly what they do, but uh, from my understanding, they have a integrated development environment where they work closely with Airbnb developers already. So I think this is just sort of an extension of that yeah. of that partnership. And yeah, it's uh, they didn't disclose the amount or anything like that. But what is interesting is that this is uh, Airbnb's fourteenth acquisition. So yeah, they're 
they're on the path to to bringing on bringing on uh, different teams that they feel are gonna gonna help boost them. I guess pre uh, IPO. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, Glenn, thanks for joining me today and hosting this podcast. And uh, you know, look forward to speaking to you again in a few weeks. Yeah, sounds good, Jasper, and enjoy the uh, the victory celebrations. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go out and uh, see if I can find some more uh, T34 tanks or something. <laughs> All right. And for everybody listening, thanks for listening. And uh, next week, we'll be back with another news episode. And of course, on Monday, there will be also an episode. So hope to see you then. Bye-bye. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.